Uh, this is Houston. Uh, say again, please. Houston, we have a problem. Okay. Here's the deal. I'm not here to waste your time. Okay? I certainly hope you're not here to waste mine. Let's talk about something important. Put that coffee down. Two little mice found in a bucket of cream. Now, you put water into a cup, it becomes the cup. Be water, my friend. Welcome to Unstrategic, the podcast about digital strategy. Hey everyone, this episode is going to complete the Ramping Up on Client Accounts series with Part 3, where we will cover the community and collaboration phases that make up Day 2 of the 16-hour process. The first half of the day, we are going to dive into forums, online communities, and social media. And the later half of the day, we're going to put together a questionnaire for our clients that tries to get better information from them to help with their business, their websites, their digital products, etc. I'm your host, Adam James Lamagna, and I do have a few resources available at unstrategic.com slash client dash acclimation. There is a simple infographic to give you the overview of the phases of the client acclimation framework itself. And then there is also an example questionnaire that you can view in a Google Doc and feel free to copy that and make it your own. If you want to check out those resources, feel free to do so now. All right, so we're going to start this day by quickly reviewing the lists that we've put together the day before. Remember, we have the top five to 10 need to know things about the industry, and we also have the top five to 10 trends or behaviors about the markets. We want to review those lists and with those lists open in either our you know, Trello board or Google Doc or whatever tool we're using, we want to be able to reference them while diving into the forums, online communities, and social media accounts. The thing to note is that these bullet points in these two lists are going to give us a springboard for diving deeper and hopefully learning more real-time information on the online forums and communities. Now, there are a few common sources that I'll look at continually no matter what industry or market or client I'm trying to ramp up on. And they are Reddit, Quora, Stack Exchange, and then a myriad of social media accounts. Now Reddit, this is one of the world's most popular forums and you can search for just about anything on here and find it. Quora, and this is spelled Q-U-O-R-A, is a question and answer forum. I will look for specific questions that I seek while I'm consuming the information. Stack Exchange is comprised of dozens of different exchanges that cater to technology, culture, the arts, sciences, business. Now, the original exchange is called Stack Overflow, and Stack Overflow is one of the best forums to get advice on if you are a developer or programmer. Now, how this helps with ramping up on clients is that the exchanges have ballooned into all these different exchange topics like academia, graphic design, interpersonal skills, but it can help with whatever technology thing your client might be interested in, whether that's blockchain or artificial intelligence, cryptocurrency, neural networking, whatever the topic may be, you will probably be able to find it on one of those exchanges. And then the last thing, guys, is social media. Look at Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, whichever ones are strongest within the industry or markets you're dealing with or strongest with your client. I like diving into the forums and social accounts for a few reasons. The things that we'll basically pick up in day two are the following. Number one is we'll get a glimpse of what real people are saying about our clients, the industry leaders, and the competition. Number two, 
we will be able to read people's somewhat uncensored posts or comments to find out what their needs, concerns, and expectations are for a particular subject or topic or issue. Number three, we will be able to see differing viewpoints, and this is probably the most important thing about this community phase. As individuals, we have biases that tend to paint a picture we're comfortable with, something called availability bias. But as strategists, we need to be able to see all angles and aspects of a topic and be able to communicate that with clarity. And we'll only be able to do that by getting differing viewpoints. And then number four, we will also be able to ask questions if we feel the need to. But more times than not, there are enough posts to get a full picture of whatever topic we're looking into. And guys, before we get started on day two, I want to mention that realistically, if you are pressed for time, you don't have to complete day two. If you feel you've consumed enough information to sit at the table with your clients and work through a discovery or issue with them, then do it. Day one is a pretty rigorous, data-heavy consumption day, so it all depends on your comfort level. Armed with our top list of industry need-to-knows and market trends and behaviors, let's dive into Reddit first. And I do recommend signing up for a Reddit account, as well as a Quora and Stack Overflow account. They are free. But on Reddit, the goal here is to find relevant posts that are relatively recent and read the comments so you can understand people's needs, concerns, and expectations. Now, one thing to note is you can spend a lot of time on Reddit sifting through all the comments, so limit yourself to one or two hours of Reddit time. Now, there are two pieces to searching efficiently on Reddit, and that's one, scanning the post results, and two, filtering the post results. There's some really good search functionality in Reddit to get to where you want to go. Now, I always start with broad searches and then use filtering functionality to drill down. If you search for a term like automotive industry in Reddit, you will be presented with a search results page where you'll be able to dive in even further. But before you do that, you need to be familiar with how Reddit displays post results. Reddit will give you a title of the post first. That's the biggest thing you'll see. But right below that, in bold but smaller font, you will see the community that that post was posted in. And remember that the post may seem relevant, but just double check the community. You can hover over the community, which will always start with, you know, an R slash something like R slash world news or R slash Tesla motors. Those are the communities on Reddit. To get more information about the community, hover over it, and a modal box or a tooltip will pop up to tell you more information about it. So knowing what community the post was posted in will give you more context to what that post uh, is about to hopefully save you some time and, and you know stray away from anything that's non-relevant. When you search for any term in Reddit, there will be a sub-menu or filter below the search query box that has three menu items. Those three menu items are called best results, posts, and community and users. Reddit will default this to best results, and below that menu or filter, there will be two more filters that say sort by relevance and posts from all time. You should change posts from all time to posts from past week. If you can't find something relevant, you can move over to filter by only posts or filter by communities and users, which might be helpful because this will drill down to more specific communities on Reddit. 
and if you're still having trouble finding something, then widen your net by time. Instead of searching for just the past week, incrementally uh, shift to past month and then past year. If you keep things at past year, you are highly likely to find something that is relevant. When you do find a post that's relevant to your query, you want to read or scan that post depending on length, but they are usually pretty short. And then you want to start scanning the comments. Now sometimes the comments can just be people rambling or making jokes, but you will find that a lot of the threads have to follow rules, and there are moderators that will enforce those rules. So if you're reading a thread of comments that just appear to be jokes, keep going until the next non-nested comment. So the way that Reddit or really any discussion board works is that there are nested comments. Commenter 1 replies to the original post. Commenter 2 is nested if they reply to commenter 1. Commenter 3 is nested even further if they respond to commenter 2, so on and so forth. So if you get caught in a nested thread of just jokes or rambling, then move to the next non-nested comment replying to the original post. So I hope that makes sense for everyone. All right, so get comfortable with Reddit and start exploring because there's a lot of stuff that you can find on there. But again, don't spend too much time on it. Okay, so next we'll move on to Quora. And this is a bit different than Reddit as it's specifically question and answer, but it's similar because it has some really good filtering capabilities. Let's say we want to learn more about millennial behavior. Remember to start with broad terms. So type in millennial behavior and just search for your query. The way that Quora works is that while you are typing in the search box, you will see that it auto-populates a number of questions and posts in the dropdown below where you're typing. I usually just search the term that I, I type for because I can filter out after I get the post results page. Now, when I type in something like millennial behavior, the results I see are the following. The first one is, why is society so obsessed over millennial behavior? The second one is, what is millennial behavior? The third, are there new factors involving millennial behavior nowadays that influence their level of customer loyalty? And then the fourth is, is it millennial behavior to dye your hair when you are above 25 years of age? So you're going to get some good ones and some not so good ones. Now, you can click on the body of the post description to expand the description and get the date it was published, which is going to be relevant. You want more recent posts than older posts. The other thing you can do is click on the title of the post to go to the post page where the comments will be listed and, and work that in the same way as you would work Reddit with those nested comments. The other thing about the post page is that it will also give you more related questions and topics that may not have come up in your search query, which is a good way to dive deeper and find more relevant info without searching. And again, what we wanna do here is get a gauge for what people are asking and how other people are answering it, because the majority of what you find on these forums are going to be subjective but that's what we want. We want differing subjective views of consumers, users in the market, industry people, etc.
So we're gonna quickly look at Stack Exchange. And again, Stack Overflow is the original exchange, but there are many of them. And this will really come in handy if you wanna learn more about a technology that you believe your client might be interested in or something you think that they might benefit from. Hot topics right now are things like artificial intelligence, cybersecurity, cryptocurrency, chatbots, virtual and augmented reality, deep machine learning, the internet of things, data science, quantum computing, which you can find more about on Stack Exchange communities that are available. This could help in finding opportunities for your client, so check these things out when you get a chance. And I'm not going to spend any time going through searching capabilities with you on this, as it operates very similar to the other discussion boards we've chatted about, and I'm sure you can have a look for yourself. But one thing I will say is when you are reading, scanning, and researching on Reddit or Quora or some other discussion board you use a lot, and the posts or comments bring up some technology in relation to the markets or industry, you can usually learn more about that technology on the stack exchanges. All right, so we're gonna move over to social media. We'll spend some time here and we'll do things a little differently. Before we get into social media, there's a few things I wanna bring up. And the first is, you know, you can get lost in social media, obviously. I mean, just like Reddit, you know, there, there are dozens of books written about how people spend way too much time on social media. So I'm going to share a few tips and tricks that I use to move through social and not get lost. And the second thing I want to talk about is that throughout day one, when you are, you know, gathering and consuming information, you will most likely be presented with the industry's best in business, meaning the leaders of the industry, and you will most likely find some of your clients' competitors. What we'll want to do is look at specific industry leaders and competitors' pages on Facebook. We'll want to look at profiles on Twitter and LinkedIn to see what they post about and how they interact with their followers to gauge things like empathy, crisis management, content creation, brand reputation, and health. Now, what I'm about to explain or share is basically my version of a manual social listening review. And there are different ways to do this. And if you really want to do a true social listening review for one of your clients, then I would recommend using a technology for that. Just Google social listening tools or social reputation management, and you'll get plenty of results. Things like BuzzSumo, True Social Metrics, Brandwatch, etc. It's really hard to do social listening manually. And it's a, it's a tedious process going to different pages, different profiles, and scrolling through their feeds and then clicking on specific posts and reading all the comments. The way that I do this kind of social listening review manually is definitely not the most efficient way to do it. Just remember that. Using a tool to do it would be much easier, but the good ones will cost you money. What I do on day two of the client acclimation framework is simply get a subjective view my view of what's going on in the social spheres of my client's industry. Remember, we are ramping up on an account, right? We aren't trying to solve major problems yet. We simply are putting together more information so we can speak intelligently with our clients and have some insight when they speak to us about their needs. All right, social media tip number one. I always start with Twitter. It's great because it gives a decent amount of insight and, you know, it's uncensored, I might add. 
And the reason for this is because companies are always getting called out on Twitter, right? If they make a mistake or if a consumer feels like they've been unfairly treated or slighted in some way. So you can learn a lot about how your client, their industry leaders, and their competitors communicate with their followers, their consumers, and their brand advocates. And then more importantly, how they communicate with their brand antagonists or protesters. So start with Twitter, look at your client's profile feed under tweets and replies, and then get a sense of how many of their tweets are actually getting commented on or shared or liked, which is referred to as conversation, amplification, and applause. You might find that none of your client's tweets are being commented on. Well, at least that's something you can ask them about. You can put it in your questionnaire that we're about to write. Social media tip number two. After Twitter, I will then move over to Facebook and LinkedIn, and I find that it's more helpful to view business pages and profiles than wading through the groups and discussion boards on social. And that's because the posts that companies and industry leaders put out can tell us a lot about what they feel is important. And if users are amplifying and conversing with that content, then that can give us even more insight because it's a great way to gauge topics of concern in an industry or market. Now, the discussion boards can also be a great place, but I usually don't have time to go into depth on them. And half of the ones that I find I usually have to request access to anyways. So stick with your client's business pages and profiles and the industry leader's business pages and profiles. Look at what they post, find the content users are engaging with, and see if there's anything worth noting. Social media tip number three. There's going to be a lot of noisy data on social, and what I mean by this is you'll need to learn how to discern what comments are legitimate and what comments and posts are just rants from irate consumers. And you'll need to decipher what reviews might be fake or paid for. When you start off, I would say steer clear of any major outliers on the overly praising side and the enraged, uh, indignant side. If you are reading posts and comments that give you know, whatever company you're looking at too much praise or too much criticism, then those might not be worth holding on to. I always look for the midline or on-the-fence comments because those are usually made by rational users who truly want to paint full pictures of something, right? Whatever it is they're trying to talk about or review or comment on or communicate to. Now, if all you're seeing are complaints or all you're seeing are praises, then either that company is, you know, not so awesome or they're really awesome. Social media tip number four. You want to look for product or service-related conversations. So was there a call-out or a complaint about a service line or a product line? Did someone talk about a recently launched feature and how it solved a problem or created a problem for them? Those are good conversations to view and will give you more insight on social. Social media tip number five, and this is the final tip. Every social platform makes it pretty easy to see which posts have the most engagement. There is usually a a comment bubble with a number next to it. There is a thumbs up or heart icon with a number next to it. And then there's usually an arrow with a number next to it. This is to tell you how much engagement in the form of conversation, applause, and amplification this post has gotten. So when you are pressed for time, I don't even read the post title. I just scan those icons to see what posts have gotten the most engagement. And if it's more than what I'm seeing for the average, which you can usually gauge 
in about the first, you know, five to 10 posts, I'll click on the one with the most engagement to see if it's relevant. Now, just remember scanning social media, it really is to get a better view of what's going on in your client's world socially and connecting more with their users, concerns, needs, expectations. Once we are finished with this, it really concludes the community phase. Now, if you have time, you can always go back to Reddit or Quora and ask a specific question if you know you didn't find the insight that you were looking for. But just remember, abide by the rules of the discussion board. Now, if I can't find an answer or more insight to something, I will keep that in my back pocket and put it on the client collaboration questionnaire, which we're about to get into. Client collaboration is the final phase of this framework, and it consists of putting together a short but informative questionnaire that will allow you to get answers directly from your client, and based on their answers, you'll be able to draw better conclusions because of the research you've been doing over the last two days. Now, there is a public Google Doc available at unstrategic.com client dash acclimation. You can check it out and make a copy of it, save it to your own Google Drive, and feel free to change what is needed. So this you know, collaboration questionnaire can be done a few different ways. You can send it or share it with your client and have them fill it out. You can use it as part of a kickoff session with your client. You could use it as part of a, a client onboarding process for account management, or you could just bring it up before kickoff for some sort of sales discovery for whatever prospect you're working with. There's a few different uses for it. But once you have the template for the questionnaire in that Google Doc, you can put it together relatively quickly. And this should take about an hour to put together and will conclude the client acclimation framework. So we're going to go through the sections of the questionnaire and they're separated into a few different categories. And again, this is about gathering information. It's still preliminary and we don't want to overwhelm our clients right up front. So we're going to limit three questions to each category. The categories are going to be goals, benchmarks, consumer frontline, industry and markets, and then we can have a miscellaneous, which you can rename to whatever is appropriate for you, but it's going to house questions that aren't applicable to the other categories if needed. I'm going to move through the categories and questions pretty quickly, but I want to talk about the significance of each question. The first category is goals, and they really revolve around business goals. The first question is, what is the primary goal of your department or business this year, and what can you do to accomplish it? Now, this is kind of a loaded question, but it is also a standard one. You might already know what their primary goal is, but you want it in writing, and you also want to know if they feel there's anything they can do to accomplish it. Now, depending on who you send this to or, or talk through with, you will probably get a wide range of answers. Remember SMART goals. They need to be specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and timely. If your clients can't come up with SMART goals, then at least have them give you uh, stretch goals or, or broad goals. The point is you want something to grab onto so you can keep on diving deeper. The next question is, what is the number one priority for the main business units, either products or services, your team are in charge of this year? Now, this is different from the primary goal, but the priority needs to align with it. The goal is the end state. The priority should help get there. And the third and final question in the goals category is another standard one. What factors could stop or deter your team from hitting the primary goal? 
by getting their concerns down on paper or talking it out with them, it will help you uh, to avoid this from happening while you're engaged with them. Next, we'll move into the benchmarks category. And the first question here is list three to five competitors that your client considers benchmark companies. The client is going to know this better than you, but you can definitely drop certain business names that you think might be benchmarks, but they need to confirm it. The second question is, what would you like to emulate from your competitors or their online activities and reputations? So things like social presence. Uh, is there a cool widget or feature on their website? Or maybe it's a process. The question will open up the floodgates for learning more intimate details about a client. And then the final question in benchmarks is another standard one. What are the brands that inspire you and why? And this can be outside their industry. It does not have to be the same industry. This can help you with understanding a little more about your client's business philosophies, and it can also help by leveraging insight from, you know, the analogies channel, right? So, you know, pulling insight from another industry and brand and applying them to your client's industry. The next category is called consumer frontline. And this section is really about your client's users, but I call it consumer frontline because oftentimes the people that you're engaged with on the client side are not the closest people to the users. Usually employees that are in customer service, sales, or marketing are the closest. So probe your clients about, your, uh, about their users. The first question is, do you have a sense of who your ideal customer is? What is their age, location, interests, most used devices or platforms? The client you're engaged with might not know these answers, but push for it because it's important. I mean, there's nothing worse than getting non-descriptive user information like we cater to families or we sell to millennials. You need to get more specific. The second question is, what is your user's biggest problem and how do you currently solve for it? And that's a standard question. The third question is, where and how do customers find your products and services? Are there other channels that might be useful? Now this will get clients to think about all marketing and sales channels and open up a discussion about it. You can even add in something like, it seems like many companies are getting their users to engage with them on XYZ channels. What are your most and least prominent engagement channels? The next category is industry and markets. And this is where the research that you've done over the last two days will really come in handy because we'll use some of the things that we've learned to ask these questions. Now, the first one I like to start off with is, many companies are facing XYZ problem right now. Has this also been a concern for your team or is there another demanding issue you're dealing with for your market? So, you know, make sure to add in the XYZ problem. This could be a behavior, a trend, a new technology. And this question can be powerful because it'll show that you already have an understanding of what the market challenges are. Now, the next question is, in the last five years, what shift or trend has worried or excited your team? What was the aftermath from a business perspective? And this question will tell you how your client's company or team behaves in the face of good news or bad news and what their propensity is for problem solving or capitalization on a market trend or industry shift. The last question for the industry and markets category is similar to the first, but puts a different spin on it, and it's this. Industry leaders are predicting XYZ trend behavior technology will positively or negatively affect the industry or market in the upcoming years. 
Has this been discussed internally? And if so, what are your thoughts? Now, what that's going to do is it's going to get your client thinking about their future. So the first question in the category is about the present. The second question is about the past. And the third question is about the future. I've also written in some miscellaneous questions at the end of the questionnaire, and that can help you ramp up on your client, their industry, and their market, but they aren't necessary. Feel free to check them out on your own time. Now, once you send this questionnaire over and get it filled out, or you chat about it in a client meeting, you will have a command of your client's business in a way that a true consulting vendor should, after which you can bring all that information to your team and hopefully come up with an awesome solution that uh, is what your agency provides. Now remember, the goal here is to gather intimate knowledge of your client's business, industry, and market. Once that's in place, you can now focus on the technology or the digital piece. So in the beginning of the Ramping Up series, we said technology is easy, business is hard. So if you strive on the business piece early, it will just make the engagement with your client that much smoother. You'll know where you fit into the overall landscape and where you'll be most helpful for your client. All right, everyone, that concludes the client acclimation framework and the ramping up on clients accounts series. I'm your host, Adam James Lamagna, and as always, thanks for listening. We hope this was helpful. Please rate us on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts, and feel free to reach out to us on social or email and just say hello. All right, we'll be back in a couple of weeks with a brand new interview episode that I think everyone will enjoy, and we'll see you then. Cheers. Cheers.